This is the Tabernacle Podcast with Seth Bush, Isaac Riddle, and me, John Vermilia. What's up, fellas? Living the dream. It is the winter wonderland of Michigan has finally arrived. <laughs> Coming on down. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got hammered. You find out about people, though, with, with these snowstorms because mm-hmm. it's like the roads were so bad. Couldn't believe it really? snowed in Michigan. I know. It's like, it's more like, can you believe it didn't snow in Michigan? I have a rust bucket of a truck, but it does have four wheel drive. So uh, we're surviving right now. It's good. So I'm driving a Jeep, the Commander. Love it. It's the Overland Edition, four wheel drive all the time. It had a lift on it too. There's a little bit of a lift. Yeah. Yeah, Just a little (laughs) bit of a lift. However, here's the deal. Last winter at this time, got new tires. And tires are so stinking expensive on a four-wheel drive. Yeah. So went to a local guy, good guy, hooked a brother up. All weathers, they're worthless on snow. I am in a Jeep, four-wheel drive with a V8. I, and so I'm that guy. We got a little bit of snow. It's dangerous. Yeah. And just driving out of my driveway, you know, it's on that little hill. Yeah. It's a, dude, you got to time that spin. You know, and kick it into drive to in order, or you know, I'm going all the way down the hill into the pond. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I got to figure out a way to get some blizzax or yeah. something on that thing because it should be able to climb a wall. Yeah, but no, man, these all weathers are worthless. Yeah, and I didn't realize it because when I when I first put them on, you know, I drove on them for about a week and then snow hit and then I realized they're worth. It's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> these are my yeah. tires for the next five years, man. Hundred percent. It'll work. All weathered, nothing. Yeah, but no, it's brutal. We uh, we had a two wheel drive for vehicle for a minute uh, at our last house. Same thing, driveway like that. And I'm pretty sure front wheel drive vehicles, rear wheel especially, but two wheel drive vehicles should be outlawed in Michigan. Uh, you think so? Yeah. Only <laughs> I say that tongue in yeah, cheek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I would watch my wife come down the street, and, and she knew she had the angle worked where she had to hammer it to get up to drive in the snow. Huh. And uh, she she had her angles. She had her. But did she have snow tires? Uh, no. See that? That's where I'm going to go with you. So both my daughter in college and my daughter that just graduated both yeah. have Honda Accords. Yeah. And they use the extra whatever when they bought the cars to get the snow tires. Yeah. Those two wheel drives. Money. They're Money. Tanks. No problem. The Accords are just yeah. tanks. no. They just and yeah. I'm over here in the Jeep on my all weathers going. <laughs> I got four wheel drive and a Hemi. Uh-huh. So what, man? Yep. Yeah. Sorry, if you're not from Michigan, that's just, this is how Michigan people show love for our state, I guess. Yep. Something like that. That worked. But, uh, oh, second thing I got to tell you, today, 32 years of marriage, man. Dude, that's a big deal. anniversary, bro. Let's go. Happy anniversary, bro. You know, John's on the podcast in a sweater. Because, mm-hmm. dude, we're going out. Date night? Date night. Come on. Yeah, we got to have Where is John Vermilia? Can he disclose? Ooh, trouble. Where the Vermilias are doing anniversary dinner at. It will, yeah, because this will come out later. Mm-hmm. This will come out later. And it, I don't think I'm any kind of a big deal, but if this was live, we'd have people show up. Yeah. There are people that have invited themselves on our family vacation before. Oh. And my wife's like, yeah, I accidentally told these people we're going to spring break in Grand Rapids. And then these other people are like, oh, we're going too. Yeah. Seriously, I had two families show up at the hotel our family went to on That's spring break. terrible. So yeah. because this is coming out later, yep. I think we're going to go down to... Uh, I've got some gift certificates. Uh, I'm going to have her just go shopping a little bit on the front street, which yep. is not my love language. Yeah. But I'm going to be a good husband. And then somebody blessed us with a little outback thing. At our age, you know, it's like, 
Outback for your anniversary. Hey. If it was 30th, it would be different. But 32, we're going Outback. Yeah. For the 30th, I took her to Ruth's Christ that Steakhouse. You. Yeah. And I, we probably won't go back. Bro. Yeah. Steak it was great, good. but that's a lot of money, man. Yeah. Oh, 100%. The Bloomin' Onion is worth it. I you mean, think that's, so? That's, that's date night right <laughs> yeah. there, bro. The problem <laughs> is you, you better both have the Bloomin' on, yeah, Onion on date yeah. night because that could be a level playing field. Too much yeah. information. Uh, he's not blushing. So, it's well, great. thanks. I'm, I'm super pumped to have both of you guys here. Yeah. Um, uh, love both of you. Um, uh, Seth. For those of you that don't know, is our Manistee campus pastor, and Isaac is our Cadillac campus pastor, which will be launched in just a few weeks. Yeah. And so uh, today, what I wanted us to talk about is the challenges of being a multi-site church. And so it seemed appropriate. I mean, we could have Martin sitting here. He's got some other meetings he's got to go to. Martin's our has been our Buckley campus pastor. Mm -hmm. But the challenges are most felt not in the sending campus, the original campus, which is here in Buckley. The challenges are felt as you add campuses. And Manistee, we were saying before we even came on uh, or or before we press record, um, there's been a lot of challenges. And, and, And you even made the statement, and we'll get to it in a few minutes, that that campus probably shouldn't even exist. Uh, with the challenges that it's faced. But by God's grace, it's alive and kicking, it's growing, and it's strong. And so a lot of the expertise is coming from your seat, Seth. Uh-oh. Um, and then we've got Isaac, who's been with us uh, seven Going months? on eight months. Yeah. Eight months. Mm-hmm. And you're in that position. You're facing challenges, too, mm-hmm. of trying to launch a campus with a church that kind of makes it up as we go along. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that either. That's uh, It's okay to-, to You don't have to say that, go. but I appreciate <laughs> that you said that, right? Just a little bit of affirmation yeah. there for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we hired you on, we hired Ron as well to help with mm-hmm. uh, you know some, some of the campus direction stuff. But I remember saying, bro, just read as much on multi-site as you can. We don't yeah. have an XP right now. So my hope is, as we have this discussion, I want to hear both of the challenges that you're facing. Mm-hmm. How do we get past those? But I imagine that, Isaac, you're going to be learning a lot from hearing Seth talk about. So. Seth, how how many years has, has it been since you've been at Manistee now? Is it five or is it four? Uh, f- four and a half. Uh, May will be five years for me, end of May. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five years. And so there's five years of a lot of hurdles mm-hmm. um and hopefully it'll be profitable to you and for those people that are listening um if you're a part of our church uh we want you to understand these things we don't hide things we don't keep secrets we try mm-hmm. to hit problems head on even with our staff how you doing you know i love it that i can call you seth and go hey man are you good or i texted you i think yesterday you good and i get an honest answer yeah it was it was a little delayed which when I ask you, you're good, and there's like an hour delay, I'm like, oh, this is it. I might have to drive to Manistee. <laughs> He's on the end of that pier <laughs> staring at the frozen Lake Michigan. What's he doing? Seth you know? was on the dad taxi duty. That's okay. all that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, then well then, we, uh, well, then I did get a response, yeah. and it was, man, it, I'm, I'm, I'm whelmed. Yeah. It's, it's, I won't disclose everything you said, but you were honest. This is yeah. where I'm at, and I'm about to get on a treadmill. Yeah, uh, because I I need some dopamine, <laughs> you know. So that's who we are mm-hmm. as leaders, as friends, colleagues. Um, but we want to include the Tab Podcast family in understanding these things. Yeah. So a multi-site church, uh, just as just to kind of get a baseline of where we at, is one church 
in several locations. Usually those locations are, are called campuses. Um, it, on This article says a multi-site church can present all kinds of new challenges for leadership. Um, and, and actually this article was written in response. There are some people out there that are like multi-site is unbiblical. Yeah. The problem mm-hmm. is this article, and I won't read it to you, says, no, nope, the early church was multi-site. 100%. Those epistles to the Philippians, they didn't have a big old building with beautiful windows and crosses hung up and, and offices and staff and interwebs. Mm-hmm. They were meeting in a variety of locations. They would hand these, or they would pass these letters around um, because the church was exploding. And so all a multi-site church tries to do is use technology uh, to allow people from a larger area uh, to be a part of a local church. And so for us, being in flyover country, um, as God blessed in these last 20 years with explosive growth, given the size of our community here Mm. in Buckley, um, we felt like God was leading us, hey, start another campus. Uh, Then it becomes why. Why do you do that? Why not just plant a church? Well, you can plant a church, but what we had seen is there was a formula, there was a DNA, there was a method of trying to bring excellence to the sticks that was working. And the stuff that we were reading started talking about stewardship as the number one reason to go multi-site when your church is growing. So we were warned, don't do multi-site in order to grow your church bigger. And that's a misconception a lot of people have is, oh, they're just trying to take over all of Michigan. And of course, our response is, no, we're trying to take over the world, (laughs) (laughs) but not for us, for the kingdom of God. And so when you have people that are driving long distances because they want to be a part of this church, how do we bring church closer to them? Mm. And so the multi-site model allows you um, to, to practice really good biblical stewardship because a central team can provide that level of excellence at a lot of different locations without having to rehire a creative arts director, a lead pastor, uh, uh, a guy like David that that makes all of our uh, media pop, someone like Lindsay Hoflinger who makes our graphics pop. And, and, and so one central location can do that and you can add campuses if you have a place and you have people and you have a leader and then you can go. So you can actually do more mm-hmm. with less money. In the meantime, uh, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. And so um, just, just to kind of wrap that, that up, I was listening to a podcast um, from a multi-site church pastor, and I'll leave this at that, but um, Joby Martin was his name. Uh, I can't remember the name of his church. I should know it, but he's down in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow goes there. It's yeah. a monster church, dude. Big dude. Yep. Head yes. like mine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> he's got a big beard. He lifts and hunts and that's does the right. jiu-jitsu and lives in Florida, right? Yeah. yeah. And someone was challenging him on this podcast of the problem with your church is, is that it's too big. The problem with your church is, you know, you're adding all these campuses and no one can really know you and, and kind of be your friend and you can't go to dinner at everybody's house and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And he had the best response. He came back and said, you know what? We've been running out of space. That's why we added campuses. And he said, first, he said, tell me who I should tell not to come to this church anymore so we can be at an appropriate size for Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Tell me who I should send away. Yeah. And then he said, secondly, would you have us do less for the kingdom of God? 
and it just shut it shut the convo down. Yeah. And and then the guy was like, "You're right. I'm wrong. Now let's talk about your church." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so it went in a completely different direction. When he said that, it was a huge blessing to me because, yeah, man, we're trying to be ambitious for God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But who should we send away? Well, you know. I think it flies in the face of two different interactions people had with Christ. You know, as he's telling the story of uh, the wedding feast. Uh, no, fill the room. Fill the room. The mm-hmm. feast is here. Fill it. Fill it. Nope, they didn't come. Go out. Find more. And so, again, who are you going to turn away? Uh, mm-hmm. And then church was always supposed to be multi-site. Last I t- checked, uh, mm-hmm. Jesus and his great commission sent us. Mm-hmm. You know, you reference oh, us at yeah. fight night. Yeah. Where did he send us? Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right. Uh, we've created the rooms within the church of the different denominations, the different groupings. But no, mm-hmm. the church was always supposed Excellent. to be multi-site. We around. like the little, oh, just stay here. I've got my little club. These are my friends. Yeah. This yeah. is where I'm comfortable. And let's not move beyond that. Yeah. Good point. You look even at that Great Commission, too. Like Jesus didn't put conditions there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't make disciples until... It wasn't go until you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep making disciples. As long as there's a mission field, be on mission. Yeah. Yep. I like it. So we're doing it. Uh, I, I don't want to scare anybody. We're not making any promises, but we haven't even opened Cadillac yet as far as recording this podcast. Man, we were down there last night doing that little cleaning yeah. night. And uh, the screen, dang. It is popping. I want cool. to watch okay. the Super Bowl there. We have seen Star Wars on it already and full approved. Oh, it's full approved. <laughs> like it. And the sound system. So, Tab family, you need to know Matt Hughes, our tech director, he does not want Wizard. Or, yeah, he doesn't want public accolades. He was not on our staff when we built T2. He was not on our staff when we renovated what is now T77. Mm-hmm. And we've got some backfilling to do because he is on staff and has saved us so much money over a hundred thousand dollars by doing all the sound, all the tech. Mm-hmm. And so I'm jealous for Buckley. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous for Manistee. Like when you go down there, yeah. your people are going to be like, Oh, I see how it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's why I'm telling you the backstory. Yeah. Cause we cranked on the sound, man. Were you in there when I put on, uh, the, uh, top, Top Gun theme? I don't think so. So uh-uh. you know what I'm talking about? I'm not I'm not talking about Danger Zone. I'm talking about when you hear the bells. Yep. Bong. You know? And it was like it was vibrating the yeah. place. It was so tight. It was so tight, man. He's the reason the police showed up later for the <laughs> <Right>. disturbance <Yeah. laughs> of peace. <laughs> Disclaimer, right. no police showed up. Yeah. Yeah. So so now we're dreaming. Yeah. You know, how do we get that screen in yeah. Manistee? How do we get those kind of screens and sound in, in the buck tuck? But mm-hmm. um, so let's get into some of the challenges. Seth, just write just your knee-jerk reaction uh, because there's a lot of challenges that the experts have kind of listed in yes and no. In your mind, what has been the biggest challenge of being a part of a multi-site church? Start with just from a member of the congregation. For someone attending Manistee, yeah. what is the biggest challenge for them that we have to overcome? I think the biggest thing is, is as you talk about we, um, multi-site and uh, how, how do we make sure people feel a part of the community. Mm. Um, their local community? Their local community. Um, I think your leadership is key. Um, leadership that says, um, nope, come in. 
come in. We are here to get to know you. We get to share in a message. We get to share in um, the blessing of being able to hear from different speakers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum uh, on the podcast. I've heard it multiple times of just the the wealth of different types of speakers that you hear. Um, You hear storytellers like Tim. You hear... You know, you heard uh, folks like Ben Brown who would mm-hmm. just take you on this historical journey through a roadmap um, that led up uh, to a passage. You are dynamic in terms of uh, the comment I hear on you is uh, I'm so glad that difficult passages can be approached with clarity and honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's approachable even from folks that as we hit tough messages, different, different points of view. No one walks out of the room like mad. Yeah, yeah, and that and that tells me we're approaching the truth in a way that people are having to consider it, mm. having to ask the question. Mm. Uh, and so that leadership to me is just: do we have leaders, and that goes to paid and unpaid, that just want to keep welcoming people in? Mm. There's a place for you here. Um, so, so, so that's the gathering piece. But mm-hmm. you're saying then the challenges is after they've come around that to actually like how is that a challenge then going into their community? I think o- it's or how have you seen it? Yeah, uh, I, I think the biggest thing is uh, you have to become part of that community. You mm-hmm. have to like it can't be the Ponderosa come and get it. Um, we've mm-hmm. got the buffet for you. But it's got to be, um, no, like, yes, uh, our, our main campus is in Buckley, uh, but the Tabernacle loves Manistee. The Tabernacle loves Cadillac. We want to be, we are pumped to be a good neighbor in our community, a good mm-hmm. servant in our community. I love the fact that uh, I have to return a call because a guy's struggling to find a supervised visit uh, with his grandchildren um, mm-hmm. uh, because of just some family dynamics going on. He called the church um, hmm. and just said, can that be a, a local meeting spot? Because we're having a problem uh, other places uh, finding cool. Like, let's, let's sit down and, and, and look at how do, we, how do we connect that. Yeah. You, you use the term the main campus, and I know what you meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we're the main. I don't even know if we have to stay the main. In fact, mm. in my mind's eye, I would love it. If one day both Cadillac and Manistee were larger than Buckley, mm-hmm. and they have the opportunity to do that just because of the demographics. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we're, we're a community. We're close to Traverse City, Kingsley, Mesick, and we have people coming from Manton and Cadillac and Calava and you name it. Not for long. Not for long, <laughs> right? But, um, but uh, you know, Buckley's not more than 1,000 people in the village. Yeah. And then Manistee, we're looking at 7,000-ish. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. And then Cadillac is – just about 11. Just about right 11? Now. Yeah. So there's potential for those campuses to be larger. Mm-hmm. But that is a challenge that you point to is the moment we use the terms and we've and we've struggled yeah. with this. I'm just going to be honest. Are we the main campus? Are we the central campus? Uh, we were the, yeah, we're kind of like a central campus because this is where it began. Mm-hmm. But I see one of the challenges is convincing people that we're not playing favorites mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you have to work hard not to play Favorites. Yes, we have to acknowledge the fact that it started in Buckley, and Buckley chose to plant a campus in Manistee, but Manistee aren't the stepkids, and neither mm-hmm. are Cadillac. Mm-hmm. It's one church in what's going to be three locations, four if you count online. Mm-hmm. But there's a challenge there because then people are like, 
well, they're the main campus. Mm-hmm. We're just a satellite campus. And it's like, no. And then, you know, I know some churches, it's, well, we're the broadcast camp campus. We're yeah. the Buckley campus, right? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where, so so I've seen a challenge where we've had to kind of get over ourselves yeah. and just just whatever term it is, don't be offended because Seth said main campus. Is it main? Right now it's the largest, mm-hmm. but it won't always be the largest and that's okay. Well, yeah. I think you look at either of our, of our, uh, where we've opened up churches, um, Tell me churches that get to start in a building like T13. Yeah. Oh, wow. In, in mm-hmm. a place like T77. Beautiful places. Now, you know, we had some growing pains in, in Manistee, and the joke goes that uh, Seth has baby hands, so he's, he came <laughs> after all the work was done. Uh, well, dude, that's not eh. fair. No, 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 no. But yeah. I play yeah. into the club that. I play into that, and that's fine. Uh, it's good banter. Um, but – Man, like the blessing of being able, like that's your first church home, mm-hmm. to walk into an atmosphere where, um, like you know, uh, we're, we're blessed to work with a construction company that gets us, that yeah. knows what we're trying to do, and wants to take that everywhere we go with us. Lakeshore yeah. Construction—that's yeah. a free shout out. Yep, that's, that's free. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Because they they want they want kingdom work to be done at our campuses yeah, and they blessed us and huge, they have, and yeah. they fight hard for us yeah. um in those areas to make sure that that experience and it shows when yeah. people walk into our buildings so um from your perspective Isaac go mm-hmm. like what are you seeing right now cuz you're in the planting mode you're trying to so, gin up the you know the excitement me, yeah let me piggyback that cuz Seth bro I think you just touched on a number of wins I'm going to hang I'm going to hone in on a couple here um if there's a church staff member or a pastor that's listening right now, like you think about the church world, there's not a church out there. Let me rephrase because I don't want to assume there probably shouldn't be a church out there um, that isn't passionate about growing and going oh, to yeah. some extent, right? Um, and with the idea of expansion, you have this opportunity to go, to plant, to disciple more people. Um, but I know a lot of church planters. A lot that have started from quite literally the ground up, hmm. right? Like themselves, and maybe they formed a, oh, a key team. Oh, you mentioned that last night. Yeah, um, yeah. It's and and that's work, right? Like, there's okay. We have to figure out what is this church about? Where are we going to gather? Who's the congregation? Who's the staff? I mean, budgets, structure, everything building. that you're thinking yeah. about building from the ground up. Whereas in a multi-site setting, at least this is my experience. Some of that was adopted. Mm. Some of that was inherited right out of the gate. And and I don't say that to point out, ha-ha, look at us. Like, we've got it right. made. It's mm-hmm. just like this is what a, you're experiencing. as a pastor, yeah. bro, I rejoice in that every single day. Like, mm. that's such a win because there were so many things that, that people did the work for um, that, that we got to receive as a mm-hmm. blessing. And it was, man, uh, there were a lot of things we didn't have to do, or at least I didn't have to do from the ground up that saved the day. Right. So, yeah. Well, one of, one of the really cool things, um, and we've said this before, but you, you have been one of the easiest uh, merges. You know, I know mm-hmm. that's what we call our, you know, our little membership thing yeah. if, you know, for people that are new to the church. But um, Isaac has just merged really well because you've been an adopter. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, their vision has changed lives. I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, their mission is to love God, love people, make disciples. I can get behind Done that. Deal. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then just picking up the DNA yeah. 
because you're a humble guy and you're a fun guy, you're a passionate guy and you love people. And, uh, you know, I'm just even watching you in meetings, like you're picking up our language, you're picking Mm -hmm. up, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, here goes Tim, you know, and when Tim goes, you just let Tim go because Mm -hmm. there's going to be some wisdom and there's going to be some barbs, but you're (laughs) going to take it, you know, um, but, but to your point, um, it's like, here's these campuses aren't franchises, so to speak, because every church or every campus is going to have its own flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh. But but the elements of the DNA are going to be similar. And I wonder if some of our growing pains, to go back to Manistee for a minute, um, early on were – there were people still getting to know the DNA. There were staff getting to know the DNA. You said leadership is everything. And it isn't just leadership at the central campus. Mm-hmm. Leadership at the campus is just as or more critical. Yeah. And, and, and before we started um, – with the podcast, you were saying that Manistee probably shouldn't be here because early on we took two gut punches, just bam, bam. And that was before the pandemic of which will not be named. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. I, I don't know. You want to speak to that of, of why leadership at the campus is key. Yeah. And, and that one to, and even just to clarify a little bit, that's a leadership I'm talking about. That person that knows that, cause there's a little bit of, of island sitting at a new campus, right? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I we are part of a, a wider multi-site church, but there's still the ability, like, man, that deep community isn't there yet here, and we're working on it, we're growing mm-hmm. it, and and just to to have that person that says, okay, like, I'm fighting that, I'm gonna go go back to uh, where I know I've got some home and some community um, at, at the Buckley campus. Uh, and then come back and keep building, keep pushing, keep keep moving, mm-hmm. uh, working on forging those relationships, and and uh, and so w- with Manistee, just to talk to just straight at the point, we had a phenomenal plant team, tight knit mm-hmm. group, a lot of community, um, a lot of a lot of families that were on mission that wanted. Christ known in their community and uh and gave sweat blood and tears to that That's building right. and mm. uh and and so thankful for that foundational work and then we had a couple lapses of uh humans being humans and making some mistakes um and uh but to talk about that as you bring a new campus to a c- community um you're in the business of uh um capital building, trust building. Mm. Mm. And and when that and as we were talking about that, trust is so important. Uh within within especially um, you know, you you've talked about this meeting with other pastors, wanting mm-hmm. to meet with mm. other pastors, wanting to um just give thanks and celebrate that we're on the same team, the same mission together. And when anything happens that um to thwart my ability, because we tell people at Merge, we tell mm-hmm. people Hey, if we're not the right church for you, it's okay. We'll help you find a church yeah. that uh, fits you, that preaches the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, when we have those missteps, throws all that to the wind, mm, and now we truly right. are a lone wolf in a community trying to build that back. Right. Mm. Yeah. That, that's when community gets pretty lonely. Yeah. Uh, Bro, can we back up for a second too? Because there's a piece of that puzzle that we got to unpack a little bit more. You had said, so trust plays a really big part in this process as a campus, whether you're an established campus or building from the ground up, how do you pursue that trust? It's not something that's 
built overnight, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is an organic process. How do you find that you're building trusting relationships and how do you sustain that in the church world? Yeah. Uh, I think longevity matters. Mm-hmm. I think uh, a long walk in the same direction matters. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Britain, when he first came in as staff, as we were navigating things, just starting to open back up after the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, uh, when we saw those first couple snapshots of, um, you know, what was coming back and we could be fearful mm-hmm. or we can start getting on our knees and praying. Amen. And, uh, yeah. and we didn't want a flash in the pan that we couldn't control. Mm-hmm. Not Control is not the right word, but that we couldn't meet, greet, get people um, connected with somebody. We wanted a place where, man, we'll take it, we'll take it a family at a time. If mm-hmm. we grow by a family a year, that's growth. And that's more more disciples were putting on mission for Jesus. We wanted a long, slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I think that trust in the community works the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're building a phenomenal partner, ministry partner over in the Manistee with uh, First Baptist over there. And, and it's been part of that long, like, mm. oh, I see you preaching Jesus hard. And we're, we're trying to do the same thing. Yep. And... Uh, um, and watching them, and this even gets in uh, like how we do multi-site. But we said we Phil and I were were very intentional about man, you're attacking this lane really well in the community. Cool, do it. We don't want to compete there. We want to be wider mm-hmm. for the community for the kingdom yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a key key thing. And so if 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 you're wondering, like even what we're talking about with the challenge of leadership in Manistee, our original campus pastor, we lost him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, Seth came on board and we had like a co campus pastor with him and we lost him too. Mm -hmm. And so then people are asking questions Mm -hmm. and then that when you're trying to build trust, which you're already going to do, um, even if we don't lose anybody, which I, we're not doing (laughs) right. (laughs) Sign the dotted line. But but (laughs) I remember two things. One, there was a key moment where. Uh, you know, sets in this big giant building, this T-77. If you've never seen it, it's a renovated factory. We're mm-hmm. only using about, what, 30, 30 or 40% of it, maybe? About 40, 45, yeah. Yeah, 40, yeah, yeah. 45% of this building. And there were there was a comment that you made to our executive pastor at the time, Ben Brown, is I'm sitting in this big building all by myself and I feel like I'm being swallowed up by it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and that was the first, oh my goodness, we love Seth. Seth is us. We love Seth. And then it was like, how do we bridge that 50? It's only 55 to miles. Or 55 <laughs> minute trip. You, yeah. you, you know, like how do we bridge that gap? And Zoom's, Zoom just sucks. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm old school. I mean, mm-hmm. you, they serve a purpose. Zoom doesn't help. Seth's all alone. And so one of the early challenges were um, some of us as staff members were choosing to go to Manistee one day a week uh, Ben Brown was a machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would be there two days a week, and whether he had a meeting or not, just to be in the building, just presence, right? And I think he also knew he could get more done there than, yeah. than without <laughs> yeah. us. But that was a challenge. And then the second thing that that you know that you alluded to, you actually mentioned it in a um, in a leadership meeting where I didn't know that you and Britain kind of came to that together. And it was not just you and Britain. It was it was, but it was really sparked by you. Where it was like, we don't want big, fast growth. We want deep growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for a guy who, you know, 
prophet, priest, king. I've got the prophet thing. You know, I can see it. Let's go. I want it now. Yeah. I needed to hear a priest go, hmm, we're going to do that long, slow burn. And I was mm-hmm. just like, got me. You're right. That's how it has to happen. And it had to do with a lot of conversations. You lost this staff member. Now there's questions. And you sat with so many people multiple times to just work through that because people wanted to trust. Mm-hmm. And some people couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people stayed. That's a credit to you and the way God's gifted you of of just to use an Isaac word, journeying Amen. with people, man, brother. <laughs> <laughs> because it's a journey. And yeah. Yeah. and and so so that's a challenge. That'll be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and and we're, you know, we're trying to figure out because with all of this, we can't possibly cover all the challenges of multi-site right now, but yep. just to rattle some of them off. Uh you know, for the person that thinks that the tabernacle is going to be a place where they're going to be BFFs with the with the lead pastor and and hey, we'd like to have you for dinner. You know, <laughs> you know how many times do people say that? Well, I'd really l- not like to be had for dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, do you want to go to dinner? You know, uh, that's a challenge mm-hmm. with I- any large church, especially go, you go to multi-site. So then it becomes well. You know, is this some sort of TV preacher thing? You know, because I do the majority of of the preaching on a weekend. But the huge blessing, and you guys have heard me say this before, it was confirmed about your second year where you're building relationships. You're the face of that campus. Um, I would come to Manistee on a day that someone else is preaching just to experience it, to be with people, to meet people, to be in the lobby, to be in the service, you know, whether I was the sermon backup that weekend or, or just hanging out. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing in the world is as people come out, they would, they would make a, I'd be standing next to you. Mm-hmm. They'd make a beeline for you, right? Just like they do, you know, I got the long talkers here in, in T2 lobby that mm-hmm. always find me and have something to say, right? Mm-hmm. They're making a beeline for Seth. Then they see me. And they'll go, oh, you're that guy. And then it's like, hey, nice to meet you. They'll yeah. shake my hand, say something like, you're shorter in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seth. I'm hey, sorry. I'm, I know it's coming. I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we need to talk about Fight Club and, or hey about uh, okay. that thing. It, yeah. it, so, no, they would yeah. start with – what I'm trying to say is kind of like the pastor fanboy mm-hmm. is less mm-hmm. at your campus – or there's less of them. Mm-hmm. They're appreciative. They're kind. They're respectful. They're grateful. Mm-hmm. And they're encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. But you're their guy. Mm-hmm. And that blesses me. That, when I saw that happen over and, or they'll come straight to Britain or straight to David or straight to Lindsay, or they need to speak to Valerie, you know, the tab kids person. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't feel like chopped liver at all. Mm-hmm. That's how it's supposed to be rather than, so, so I guess the point I'm driving at is, is what is perceived as a challenge is actually, in my view, the way church should work, is whoever's preaching, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's At our church, it's one message on the weekend for all locations. One message, one messenger for the, for the most part yep. at all locations. And then people are less attached to that guy emotionally, and they're, and, and they're more apt— to go to the leadership of their campus, which is how it should be at a church. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what is perceived as a challenge, and it isn't perfect. You know, there's some people that are like, I'm just not going to, 
you know, I'm not going to go to a ser- service and watch it on a screen, even though the people are live, the coffee's live, the worship's live, your campus pass, everything's live. It's just the teaching's not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it on a screen, but I'm going to go home and watch the football game on a screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Brothers, there is so much to be said there, too. And I, I think one of the big takeaways, too, is relationships really do matter. Mm-hmm. Like you you go to any piece of scripture where tall Paul talks about the church, and he has so much to say about being the body. Mm -hmm. Seldom is he talking about the person that's whatever, leading worship or preaching, but what does it look like to be the body? And I feel like this is kind of one of the the hot-button issues in the multi-site world, but there are conversations that we have with people, even myself recently, and if you're listening right now and we had one of these conversations, I love you. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I love you. We're not going to share names. <laughs> this, is, this, this is an observation. It's all. Um, but we have conversations where that comment does come out. I don't know how I feel about the the preaching thing, the screen thing. And I, we have heard the words before. Yeah, if I can if I can go to church and I can watch it on a screen, well, I could, I could probably do that in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that in my living room. Tell me who's sitting in that living room with you when you're doing that, though. Boom. Nailed uh, it. Because there's there's a huge piece of the body that's being completely missed there. And that's not a slight against anybody. I understand right. why people think that yes. way. But what place have we given the church body deep-rooted relationships in our lives? Right. That's where we're going to find. So yeah. um, so I'm so glad that you brought that up because mm-hmm. we're we're – we're not just talking about what we've learned from Manistee because we've learned a lot mm-hmm. and we didn't give you a ton mm. uh, starting up in Cadillac. You're forgiving but, me. <laughs> but, but you've reminded me of a core issue. Mm-hmm. And so if we go back 2,000 years, so we said at the beginning, essentially uh, we believe most of the early church were multi-site. You're the, you're the church in Ephesus, okay? And Paul planted you. And Paul was your guy, you know, um, or a better example would be Corinth, right? Yeah. Uh, where that was a massive city and, and, and that church grew and it had some jacked up issues. They had all kinds of stuff. I won't break down Corinthians. Paul sends them at least three letters. We only have two and they're recorded as first and second Corinthians. Mm. And you're not buying Apollos, but Paul was your guy. And so you're so grateful when Paul writes a letter. And it's a long letter. And if you read the letter, it's really a really long, all-encompassing sermon. Mm-hmm. Now, I imagine not everyone could read. Not everyone has, you know, they don't have photocopiers to make all these copies. That letter was read to them. Can you imagine being in a first century church and someone says, Seth's reading the letter to us from uh, Paul. And, uh, you know, it's just not the same. Yeah. I-, I need Paul here live. You know, or Apollos is reading the letter and it has him and and it's, well, Apollos isn't my guy. Even though in there, uh, Paul is saying, it's not me, it's not Apollos, it's God that makes this grow, right? But they're disappointed because Paul wasn't live. I've heard people say, can the spirit really move through a screen, Mm -hmm. right? So I'll tell you who put that issue to bed early in the game for us because Mm -hmm. we had the same thing here. Mm-hmm. when we were talking about multi-site mm. is some of the same guys that asked that question, they're old guys. They're two of our favorite guys, Jim and Bob. And Jim and Bob are two retired dudes that have been on the board and they care about this church more than anybody. Well, they're snowbirds. Mm. And down in Florida, 
they started attending it. One of them started attending a multi-site church that the teaching was on a screen. Another one was attending a mega church where they had screens and the auditorium was so big, the camera would shoot the pastor's face up on the screen for those people in the back row. Yeah. Both of them come back from Florida and they go, we need to do this multi-site thing. Mm. These old as dirt bros, yeah. they became the biggest advocates because the guy going to the multi-site church was like, it's a non-issue. I like it better because I can always see. Yeah. And the other, you know, the other dude that went to the mega church with a screen goes, even though he was live right in front of me, my eyes went to the screen because I could see better. Yeah. And they were like, it's a non-issue. They became the biggest champions for us. Mm. But it plays back into that thing. Does it matter how the me- if the message is read to you, if the message is uh, uh, on a screen or not on a screen? And we do live teaching from time to time at our campuses because mm-hmm. that's important too. Yep. But that is a challenge that people, you kind of have to try it yeah. mm-hmm. in order to experience it, yep. in order to get past it. Have, have, have you seen similar things in Manistee? Yeah. I mean, we've, we've had folks that uh, love the experience, love the worship. They enjoyed the message, but for whatever reason, the screen was a hang-up, and it's, they went and found a different church. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah. We're not the church for everyone. Yeah. You're allowed to be convicted yeah. h- however you're convicted. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's also trusting you know, Christ again, where, where two or three are gathered. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know? amen, and, amen. Uh, well, even, even, to your, even to the point that you were making uh, about— can I just do that at home? Yeah. I think when, when people have that attitude, they have the wrong attitude about church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, yes, the Bible, God's word, is central to the service. I'm not going to deny that. It's central. It's not the, is it the most important? No, it's central. It's not, I'm not going to say it's the most important because the community is important. Mm-hmm. The elements of a worship service are the preaching of God's word, the praise of God with singing, prayer, the fellowship, and sacrifice. Uh, we bring our offerings mm-hmm. and sacraments where a church has baptism and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Yeah. So if the most important thing is that guy is live, you're negating all those other things. Mm-hmm. You're negating this is the same beef I have with people that when the sermon's done, they walk out before the last song. Why would you do that? The service isn't over, you know? And I, you know, I get it. Some people that roast is burning or, <laughs> you know, they just, they can't sit for an hour without peeing three times for crying out loud. Goodness sakes. Maybe yeah. we should stop serving coffee. But the point is, is that the reason I can't sit alone doing church is I'm alone mm-hmm. and you're missing out on I think one of the biggest draws of church is being known and knowing other people. It's a place to serve. It's a place to be seen and see others. And when I say seen, I'm not talking about your outfit. I'm saying I see you. Yeah. I think that is one of the, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. We learned some things through the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, um, now will that lesson stick? Uh, I think it's the very reason why people walk back in sometimes a year after we were back open in tears. Mm. I didn't realize how much I miss this. Yeah. Uh, and what I thought was a duty is something that yeah, it, you, had a lot more benefits than yeah, I. Yeah, because you, you said, you, you were saying it like, 
You're right. You can sit at home. You mm-hmm. can. There's a lot of churches that are doing some dynamic online ministry, and you can get a great message. But you, when when stuff hits the ceiling, ah, uh, or the fan, yep, <laughs> yeah, who who's standing next to you, yeah. right, um, right, because God's no less there. But sometimes we need somebody just there in the room with us. Yeah, Amen, bro. Even as you're talking, I mean. You think about what scripture says, don't forsake the assembly. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Because your soul needs stirred up. You need built up. Um, I didn't know how much that was true until I didn't have people to build me up, mm. to stir me up, to love and good works. As the when did that happen? Says. Yeah, talk about that. So, <laughs> you talk about your transition yeah, from I a church so. you've been at for nine years or 10 yeah, years to here. But even go to like. The, the pandemic that shall not be named, right? <laughs> there there was the start where I think everybody thought it was fun. Like, yeah. I, we can say that, right? Like, there was oh, this, I loved it. There yeah. was this weird time where nobody was doing anything and we were eating popcorn on the couch and it was like, this is a work day. Crushing right. Netflix. Yeah. What yeah. in the world is happening? I think I'm going to go for a snowmobile ride because yeah. I got the yeah, time yeah. now. Um, and I remember there were, there were two weeks. It was like the first two weeks of a break, right? Um, where we were doing the online thing in a former church. And I preached to a screen twice. Like, okay, cool. We're, we're learning a little bit about the tech world. We're, we're, we're learning how to hang on. And there was still this element of excitement. But after that second time, I realized there's nobody on the other end of this, hmm. at least physically, um, to talk about it afterwards, to, to, to celebrate mm-hmm. with, to worship with. And I'm leaving my couch to go sit in front of a camera. I'm digging up a bunch of PTSD, I'm sure. But I'm leaving my couch to no, sit I'm in front of No, I'm remembering. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm going back to my couch. And, and in a matter of a week, it was like, I, I got nothing. And I just want to weep because I don't have mm. my people and there's nobody to journey with, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You become an island really quickly. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons Scripture says, do not forsake the assembly. Because quite literally, whether you're introverted, extroverted, whatever, you were built for it. God built you for relationship, and and this is where we get it. Mm-hmm. Is the church is the body? So that's no, that's well said. And yeah. and you know, I I even think that my pandemic experience was probably uh, muted compared to most because we have five children. Mm-hmm. Uh, our oldest is married, and and so there were nine of us that were hanging out a lot at our house. Mm-hmm. Um, daughter came home from college, um, and so. We had a little community. I'm not going to say we didn't get tired of each other at times, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and we got to come together um, once a week in order to record the service. Um, I'm talking about our creative arts people, um, but I'm remembering uh, our boy, Britton Bishop. We just hired him mm-hmm. and he's completely alone mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're doing uh, the the quarantine with your gaggle. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, your wife and four daughters and, and, and you're probably getting more stuff done in the woods than you ever got done. Right. But he's alone. Yeah. He's sitting in an apartment. And this guy was like, when, is, when are we recording? And it was Thursdays, uh, Thursday night. And he would drive every week just to get some community, man, yeah. just to be in there. I'm like, he was asking Matt, hey, can you show me how to run camera? Mm-hmm. It, it, what what can I do here? Yeah. Just yeah. to be a part of the little you know, pre-recording banter and then to be there for the message and and then uh, just to see some life. And so that was a hyper example, mm-hmm. but that's not just a multi-ser- 
site church. That's any church. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This, the same people, you know, and this is this is just a I, I can't avoid this opportunity <laughs> is the people that just come on a weekend and leave. They're missing out on that community too. Mm-hmm. And and you know the pathways of discipleship. Serving is critical to your discipleship, to your growth, to feeling a part of the community. Mm. I don't care what it is, cafe, usher, work with kids, parking team, uh, cleaning team, uh, part of an outreach team, the pantry team. Once you're on a team, because the other challenge becomes um, when we have to care for people. That's Mm. a challenge. Um, And early on, before we had a Seth who genuinely cares with people and genuinely wants to journey with people. Mm-hmm. And they love you, by the way. I mean, that campus is like, I'm almost jealous. It's like, they, they love this guy, right? Um, if you're expecting that John Vermilly is going to come visit you when you're in the hospital, I don't even know your name, bro. Mm-hmm. And is that bad? Is that good? Well, for some people, they can't get over it because they think I have some kind of magical connection with God. Well, I'm just going to tell you, Seth's better at pastoring than I am. Hmm. And what I've seen over the years is that challenge has been overcome where all of a sudden that campus is ministering to those people when there needs to be, you know, when, you know, someone dies, when someone's hurting, when someone hears about cancer, when someone's marriage is on fire. Those are the people that know and intervene the same way it happens at Buckley and the same way, even without launching a campus yet. Mm-hmm. I've seen it begin in Cadillac. Mm-hmm. You're visiting people I don't even know come to this church. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and we have other staff guys going, oh, I've just bumped into uh, uh, Isaac at the hospital in Traverse. What are you doing here? That was, that was J-Dub. You're that's like, great. Hang out. Hang out. Hang out. People. Yep. Yeah, I just like coming to hospitals for the <laughs> yeah. food. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, food's right. Great. Free lunch. I don't know. <laughs> but the care no. thing is a challenge if you're not plugged into church. Yep. But the care thing is a challenge at multi-site. So the campus has to care. But within the campus, the group that you're a part of, that you're either the fight club you're in or the tab women's group that you're in or the, uh, or the people that you serve with, they should be the first line of defense. Amen. And then they've been there two or three days. Now Seth needs to know or, or George. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We haven't even talked about George yet. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but care, like, like, like how do you see that as a challenge or do you see that more as an opportunity? Yeah, I think it's an opportunity because even, you know, you talk about like there's uh, people Isaac are meeting that meeting with that you don't even know attend the church. There's needs that happen at our campus that you're completely unaware of. And those are good problems because mm-hmm. that even happens within our own campus. Like yeah. as, as we get people, my goal is to make churches as big as your tab women's group, as your fight club uh, in, in terms of like, and you've got pastors around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100% like those emergencies, like call. We want to come. Um, but uh, I find that like we have we have a gentleman going through a cancer diagnosis right now. And, and yet it's her women's group that keeps showing up with meals, uh, keeps showing up mm. for moments of encouragement, keeps mm. showing up. and So the gentleman's wife yeah. is, a, is plugged in yeah. and they're providing that? Yeah. And, and so all of a sudden, like, am I checking in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's so much care going on right there. Mm. Uh, we, were, we were completely cared for, Seth. Cool. Good Great. job. <laughs> yeah. The church. Yeah. The church, right the church being the church. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, to me, like, that's uh, 
That's church. Right. Yep. Um, I love it when people take up that role of pastoring their fight clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, we, hey, Seth, we want you aware of this. We got it. Awesome. Hmm. Um, love it. Good job. Yeah. Good job. So there was another, just shifting gears just a little bit. I'm thinking about a challenge. And I, I don't know if the podcast family would be interested in this, but you know, I assume that there are some people that are on a staff or, or, or pastoring someplace. A huge hurdle that we've had to overcome for campus pastors is how do I feel like I'm not middle management? You know, there was a couple of years ago where we actually, or you or Martin, I think, actually used that term because Martin's here in Buckley and it's whatever the broadcast camp, the central campus, and we're dreaming about Cadillac at that time. But you and he both were like, yeah, there's times we just feel like this, we just get this thing and we execute. Mm-hmm. And that was a, and it, and it wasn't just for you. If it was true for you, I know it was true for kids ministry. It was true to a certain degree with youth ministry. But it, but it seems to me, and my memory's going as I get older, um, at some point, like I remember that it probably happened, the first time I heard it was a leadership team meeting. Hmm. But then kind of shifting and saying, okay, do we need to rewrite job descriptions or or what is it? But I would never want a campus pastor to feel like he's some sort of middle management being dictated to. Hmm. Instead, it was how do we ride that line of, we are um, a campus in Manistee, and our job is to love God, love people, love this community. Mm-hmm. And for you to feel the freedom to lead that within a larger structure. Mm-hmm. And some of it was trying to, like I know from my perspective, is get Seth away from feeling that um, that he didn't have freedom to lead mm-hmm. and to free to say, look, Manistee – we're still within these guardrails, but we're going to kind of move in this direction. And and you spoke to that a little bit when you said, um, hey, or that conversation that you and Britain, we wanted to lead the charge in loving our community mm-hmm. and to stop, stop thinking of, hey, Buckley, come and tell us how to love Manistee. Instead, no, this is my thing. Mm-hmm. My thing is to love this community well, because it seems like there's been a shift. Like I and and maybe I'm wrong, and you're free to say nope. I still feel like middle management. But how did that shift for you? Because it all comes back to your leadership there. Because I have seen a shift. Well, I think uh, th- there's two parts of that. Go for um, it. And one is having um, an executive leadership team that was willing to hear that um, and to say, "What can we do on our part?" Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was. Um, some heart checking I had to do within myself. Um, say, yeah, you could make that true if it's just uh, if you want to make it a plug and play. Go ahead, grow that seed of bitterness; it'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can look at the blessing of what we were talking about before. No, I'm bought into this uh, because it's it's pointed the right way. It's pointed to Christ, and so I'll, you know I'll be the first to say like I was wrong. You know, to say that, oh, man, we need to be creative in so many different ways. We need to be driving some new and different things at our campus. Or it's like, um, we could. Or there's a pastor that said, you know, smart people create, geniuses borrow. Mm-hmm. And, and that ability, like I know you, you've you hinted at this before, Isaac. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my strong suit is not admin work. It's not office. It's not like ground and pounding my brain cells um, yeah. to a pulp so I can try to be creative. Hmm. No, there's been some best practices established that um, seem to make it really easy for people to come and hear Christ. Yeah. Hmm. Um, 
so maybe let's just look at how how do we make that available for more people, Amen, and bro. can I be a wow. champion of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's something I needed to grow on. Um, mm. And so uh, there's, you know, <laughs> it it it's it's both ways, and and I hate saying it comes back to the leadership of that, um, but it's it's leadership. Like, am I am I okay with being a servant, knowing that the people above me? Um, have my back, care about my heart, mm-hmm. and are doing everything they can to fight for the opportunity um, to see the kingdom grow in Manistee and Cadillac and and anywhere else we we call to go. It, you guys are thinking at at levels that I don't have to. And, mm. and frankly, like, and this is a different conversation. I can't anymore with with my head. Like, it's just mm. too many details. So, like, h- how do I stay in my lane well? Yeah, and love this corner of the tabernacle well, mm-hmm. um, you know. And that I think I think that hit me for the first time at basic, deep. Mm. Um, you know, we were was it Herschel talking about the thorn? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I'm at a point with my head where it's probably as good as it's going to get uh, post uh, traumatic brain injury. This is what I'm working with. Sorry, guys. Uh, it's like God just knocked all that other stuff out of your head and yeah. said, I just want you to love people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, there was a side where like, I, I was a guy that never needed to write anything down because I could just remember it. Mm. And, and now I'm fighting to remember something Heather sent me to the basement for. Mm. So can I just be okay with my lane mm. and, and to serve that lane well? Um, it's yeah. a massive you just gave a massive dose of not just leadership, but humility. Bro, it's like, I want every campus pastor to hear what you just said. Seriously, yeah. I, there's so much wisdom in that. And I, it's a 10 week sermon series. It really is. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. It is. There's what I'm hearing is, okay, one, stay in your lane. Um, but also there's beauty and there's, there's, there's reason for staying in your lane. Uh, I look at, um, that's not all you said, but it's one thing that I, it's really sticking with me right now. I remember this one day in particular, this is sometime this last summer, um, there was a day where Ron Lamorand, so he is, for those of you who don't know, Ron Lamorand is the, the Lammer man. Uh, I'm going to get in yeah. trouble for saying that. <laughs> I call him Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho, Lammer man. He is the man. And there was this day in particular where, like, I know he was feeling it because he mm. was just busting things out. I mean, mm-hmm. lists, and I'm watching my email, and I'm like, this guy's killing it today. Um, I did one thing. I went over to a dude's house for like four hours and we drank sweet tea and we cried Mm. like over just crap things that are happening um and it was a beautiful moment just this guy's going through something in his life yeah there's just some things that we were working through and talking through and praying through and like we were just two dudes drinking sweet tea and crying uh which was like really humbling i don't know about the tears but i love sweet tea uh, dude (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i just need a good cry yeah yeah, okay all right all right all right um, but there was in that moment, like there was an insecurity. There's a point to this. There's an insecurity in my head as I'm sitting with this dude and I'm watching my counterpart just kill it. Uh, oh, busting got it. things out and, and just nailing this list. And I'm like, man, we're building a church. We're building teams. Uh, yeah, I got to go. I got we got to do these things yeah. and I can see it. And these things are coming through. And it was like, but that day in particular, the sweet tea was the important thing for me. Yeah. Uh, that was the place that I needed to be. Um, and recognizing that, okay, one, that was where God wanted you to be. And two, that's what God gifted you for. 
and that's going to be enough today. Mm -hmm. So I say that to affirm what you're saying. Um, Even in the midst of like my own fallenness, I want to fight that tension. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be everything that I can be Mm -hmm. for everybody. And the reality is God Mm -hmm. didn't make us that way. Yeah. Well, at least me. So see, this is crazy. I I was on a zoom. I'm part of a speaking ministry that brought in uh, an author guy with all the the resume, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he was just, he wasn't blah, blah, blah. I'm saying he was, he's got all the things, you know, he's on all the shows and written all the books, but they'd ask him to share his life story with us and how he got Mm -hmm. to where he was and what he originally wanted to do. And, you know, his first marriage fell apart and he didn't think he'd ever used by God again. And then Mm -hmm. just, he was just telling us a story of how God redeemed all of this thing. And without telling you his whole story, from what you both just said, he put it this way, so much so that I had to write it down because I had immediately, I needed to hear it, but I also, I needed to hear it said that way. And mm-hmm. I'd heard it said in a different way, but uh, he said, too many people uh, waste a lot of time um, trying to refine their talents mm-hmm. and they ignore their gifting. So you can have a talent to do admin. Yeah. But if your gifting is people, you need to be with people. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking right now of John Williams, uh, who, you know, the tabernacle is going to hear before this podcast gets dropped. We finally seen, have seen John Williams for who he is. We've always loved him, always mm-hmm. appreciated him. But, you know, when he came to this church, we didn't have a job for him. He just retired and moved up here. Because he wanted to be a part, as I recall, he said, I want to be a part of a happening church before I die. Mm-hmm. And he and Barb left Grand Rapids, moved up here. Their son was our worship leader at the time. We gave him an office at the church and said, so you can start caring for people and maybe talk to old people. And he didn't like that, but he didn't get sad. He just went to work making himself invaluable. Yeah. First went out the door to the hospital. First went out the door to a crisis started discipling people that were new to the church and falling through the cracks. He was just doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the way, John applies to become our facility guy. And at first, you know, we're like, John facilities, what does he do facilities? Ben Brown saw the value and he said, I bet you that guy, that guy knows everybody because he's always in the third space. He's at every service. He's great at connecting people, loving people. I bet you he could do this. And killed it for the last three years or two, three years as our facility. I mean, he's been here longer than that. It's been almost 10, but Mm -hmm. um, just began killing it in and just all this ministry stuff that John, he wasn't just a facilities guy. We had to add care pastor. Mm. He's also a discipleship guy. He's pulpit filling at other places. He's just pastoring the heck out of things. I almost said something else, right? And then it just dawned on me. This guy is gifted to do what you've been doing and what I believe you're gifted at as well, to do exactly what you said. He'll do the four hours in the sweet tea. He's chased more sad people yeah. that, that disappeared for six months and gone and sat in their living room or on their porch, okay? And they're usually more seasoned Christians, you know, and it's like, what are you sad about, you know, mm-hmm. and talking them down off ledges and all, all this kind of stuff. John Williams is gifted at pastoring, yeah. the yeah. spiritual gift of pastoring. And so we're going to make him the Buckley Campus Pastor yeah. because Martin Rizzi is gifted in some other things. 
He is the startup guy. He's mm-hmm. a he's a pastor with the Ron ability to to here's the plan. Here's the list. Here's how we're going to disciple a thousand people in the next year. And this is how we're going to develop training programs for all our. That's what he loves. Yeah. And so we're making these shifts. But it goes back to what you were saying is I can spend a lot of time trying to become better at what I'm bad at mm-hmm. or not as good at. But when I figure out my gifting, that's also where, and this guy was saying, this is where you find the most joy. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes there are things that just have to be done. Yep. You know, that's, I was Go going there, there. because, no, because you're in the place of trying to build teams for something that hasn't launched yet. Well, Go. and bro, th- this is a whole other can of worms. that could probably be another episode, but uh, there's, there's truth in get the stuff done that, that needs to get done too. Cause we can use our calling, our, our talents, our gifting as an excuse to do nothing. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are times when I'm so, going to have to. Sorry. So, so like, I don't feel gifted in children's ministry. Yeah. That's not my calling. Mm-hmm. Children's ministry needs done. Uh, so God is calling you to serve. Boom. Uh, <laughs> there's Boom. that. But, but bro, fill in the blank, right? Like I could say all day long, I'm really passionate about discipleship. Hmm. I'm really passionate about relationships, you know, journeying with people. There are times when I still have to fill out an Excel sheet. And I don't get to use my calling as an excuse not to do the work that God's asking you to do, mm-hmm. whether that's an Excel sheet, children's ministry, sign up for children's ministry. Sign up for children's ministry, <laughs> Cadillac, yeah, mm-hmm. because but it needs to get thing. done. Yeah. But it is a tendency. I don't know for everybody, but at, at least for me, it's like, I don't know if I should be doing that. Maybe I need to delegate because it's not really my thing. No, nah, dude, put up or shut up. Like, you got to just do it sometimes because that's the reality of being yeah. obedient to the Lord. Uh, there's there's well, 50 that, things we could that say is, there. Yeah, but that's brilliant for the people that are listening. You said it. God's called you to serve. That is a calling on all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you can find that magical spot eventually where your your calling and gifting kind of end up in the same lane, and this yeah. is what you're passionate about, and then there's joy, that's great. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to serve in a lot of different areas before you find it. And what I hear you saying is just because the need isn't my gifting doesn't mean I don't serve the need. Mm-hmm. And and to back to Seth's story, I feel like we have you closer to where your exact gifting is. And, and hopefully that's also what's going to bring you the most joy. Now, I know there's still some holes we got to fill mm-hmm. in Manistee. But I feel like you're closer there. And I feel like, or I believe, I know, that in hiring Isaac, for me, the telltale sign was this guy is a lot like Seth. Mm. And I, I think the world of Seth, I mean, just, I mean, your personalities are different, but the gifting seemed similar. Mm-hmm. And of course, you like the right music and you're a good hang. It helps. You know, you, you know, know who Pantera <laughs> is. You, you, you know what I'm I saying? I do like Pantera. You like to hunt, you like to golf, you know? And I, I was like, bingo. And yeah. I don't know if you know in my mind, Seth, that you were a template for what I've been looking for, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons. Now, you guys are different. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, oh, you're in the same mold and, and pigeonhole you, mm-hmm. but we got a winner when we got Seth and Manistee, an absolute winner. And then it was like, oh, this guy's kind of like that. And and even our change in Buckley has been like, ooh, John is a lot older. He's been around for a long time. But if we start looking at gifting and- it's right there. And I, I, dude, I probably shouldn't say this on the podcast. Everyone 
who has heard about us moving to John Williams as Buckley campus pastor is overjoyed. Mm-hmm. Not because they don't love Martin. They love Martin. They're overjoyed for John. Mm-hmm. His wife sold him out to me. When we were in, we were, we were at T13 <laughs> on that work party, yep. we're scrubbing toilets, me and, me and Barb, right? And uh, uh, you know, I said, hey, how does John feel about being the campus pastor? I can't tell you everything. She, he, she, she said, she didn't use these words, but he's giddy. Yeah. <laughs> he's giddy. Yeah. But it started with him serving in a lot of areas that he, he didn't feel called to facilities. Yeah. But he made it sing, man. And at the right time, it's just awesome. Yeah. To, to kind of link those two points yeah. together. Um, you know, what other church has a facility team that loves showing up early to drink coffee so they can hang out? Yeah. I'd, I'd kill for that in Manistee. You know what I mean? Wow. And, 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 and that speaks to the gifting that he's or, grown towards. So you're talking about the volunteers that show up to clean. For, for and, John yeah, Williams. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they see that gifting. He's been pastoring them. He's been working with them. And then to the the folks that, like we had this in Manistee, a phenomenal plant team that was everybody gifted for tab kids? No, but they knew it needed done. Mm-hmm. Did people really want to serve coffee? No, but they knew knew it needed done. They're probably going to be your best uh, disciplers because they're on the lookout yeah. yes. to find the people that are truly gifted mm-hmm. for that. Yes. And so if you're at that spot, yeah, get in. Serve at Cadillac. Bro, yeah. Um, and then, you know, find your gifts. Find what you're not good at, and that's one step closer to where you're probably called to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. I'm I'm— I'm fired up. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, for those people that attend the Cadillac campus in a few weeks, those people that have been attending or, or even members in Manistee, my heart is um, I want to see those campuses not just thrive. I would love to see them surpass mm. the original campus. Mm-hmm. That would be, and that happens when people first get fired up about Jesus then they get fired up about their church. And the way yeah. to get fired up about their church is to be involved, mm-hmm. to get in a group, to serve, to be a part of the worship team, to invite people, to invest. When people do that, I see, the mo- to go back to our mission, our mission is to love God, love people, make disciples. When disciples are fully participating, that's when those things grow. And so one of the challenges is, you know, people are it's like, well, you know, you know, I'm thinking about the people that live kind of halfway between the Buckley campus and the Manistee campus. Some people are like, well, Buckley's bigger. So I want to go over where it's bigger because, you know, there's more of the spirit there. <laughs> it's more, not just two or three. It's, you know, some weekends, 900, you know, so I just want to be there. Mm. But what they're missing out on is they're just kind of, they're kind of drive through at Buckley when they could be on a ground floor in Manistee, where their leadership, their service, they're needed in that group. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people miss out on being discipled, you know, really feeling a part of the cause, mm-hmm. getting real close to the fire. And the same thing's going to happen in Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Um, you've used this term before, Seth, um, kind of as we wind this down. Uh, you've said that you as a staff or you as a campus pastor had to take ownership, extreme ownership of your world. You didn't use those exact terms. I'm going back on other conversations we've had. You had to own your world. You had to take ownership of your people 
ownership of those relationships. I guess what I'm saying is when, when we start seeing people, and we do, take ownership of Manistee, the congregation, mm-hmm. this campus, this community, that's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. That's when, because we've had some tremendous growth there. Was there anything that helped you get there? Because I think the same thing will be key in Cadillac. When people yeah. start taking ownership, that it's not just, you know, it's not just this little experiment. Mm-hmm. It's no, this is a for real church. You know, I've said it before. If, if, if the landscape changes, worst case scenario, all these churches in 30 years, all these campuses might become independent churches. Great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, but was there a key to get there for people or do you see it because it's an ongoing process of shifting from just ah, this is a place I come and watch on a screen to owning it? I think it's both and and I hate riding the fence, but uh, if multi-site's not your gig, that's fine. It's really okay. But if if you want to be a part of the tabernacle, any other multi-site church, the closer you can put yourself to a campus and jumping in and plugging in, it's really hard to argue Christ when you see your neighbor come to know him for the first time. Yeah. It's really hard to get to find, you know, exactly what Joby Martin did in that moment. Like when that person you've been praying for, butting heads with, uh, probably asking God to take them out of your life, <laughs> comes to love Christ passionately. How do you argue that? Yeah. How, how do you fight that? Right. It's it's just so hard. Like because the people that won't jump in, those are the people that break my heart. Because you're missing out. Mm-hmm. I and I think that's where there's so much beauty. Um, you know, getting to just look at our church um, at Baptism Sunday. Oh, wow. Um, Man, Steve was off the chain. Yeah, we're, so big. We're watching, you know, hundreds of people line the break wall. Um, gentlemen from our community that his players, his his fellow coaches been pleading with him, like, you love Jesus. We want you here. Showed up. How, how do you look at that and say, man, Christ isn't in the middle of that? Yeah. Mm. Uh, and And so if you want... To be on board, take the risk. Mm-hmm. Like that's the hurdle. Like there is risk. Martin hit us with that at fight night. Like yeah. discipleship costs. Christ is free. Yeah, He paid everything, but it's going to cost you something. Mm. Discomfort with the screen. Yeah. John might be pixelated this morning. Oh, gosh. <laughs> gosh. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, yeah. Christ is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, amen, bro. And, and uh, <laughs> and you got me giggling now because cause we're thinking about the. Well, I'm thinking about two things. The serious thing is, uh, there was a kid, I won't say his name, but uh, stud football player, stud, mm-hmm. stud boy who got baptized. Mm-hmm. And you and Britton baptized him. And I got tears because I knew the story. And then the story, we heard more about the story at our last fight night when all the Fight clubs from both campuses came together here, and Martin gave a great talk. And you you were asked to give us a dude um, to share a testimony. Mm-hmm. And 
it was this teenage boy's father. And I was remembering two or three years ago when his older son, atheist, um, was kind of leading younger son in that direction. Mm-hmm. And because of the ministry of that campus, Britain, yourself, the team, Boundary, our youth men, the whole deal, this kid gets fired up about the Lord. And then at fight night, we hear that that guy who is plugged in, he and his family, all the way in, even when he's thinking, I'm losing my sons. Uh, Then we hear the older son gave his life to Christ on Christmas Day. Christmas Mm -hmm. break. Or Christmas break, right? That same night, that younger son who had been at risk, who was baptized on that Sunday, hands me a letter and says, hey, um, there's a discipleship opportunity in Colorado. Uh, this summer that I want to be a part of, uh, can, you know, can you pray for me? Mm. And it's like, bro, you don't have to ask me to pray for you. Of course I'm going to pray for you, but I also know you need money. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yep, the church is going to get behind you, bro. You yeah, know, yeah. but it, it's, there was a guy that plugged in mm-hmm. and that was his testimony about plugging in and seeing the faithfulness of God show up with his children. That doesn't always happen. Yeah. But um, that was a living, breathing example. And it makes the pixelated screens. What we're talking about is, Welcome to my struggle, okay? Mm-hmm. When we first started doing Manistee and they got the nice screen, mm-hmm. David Hoflinger comes up to me and says, John, um, you know, your complexion is, you know, you get a little greasy and a little fired up. Would you be okay if uh, we put some makeup on you? And I said, say that one more time and you're fired. <laughs> no. The answer is no. Yeah. However, because of the screen, I've had to buy a new wardrobe. Yeah, you have. I Solid colors. You know, my wife's given me these print shirts. And it, I, I can't tell you how many times, a couple, three years ago, going out the door, my son, who's running the, he's running the video most of the time. He's like, Dad, you can't wear that shirt. It's going to make the screen go nuts. Doesn't like the Paisleys, bro. And all of Manistee thanks you, Benji, for the ministry <laughs> you are doing. <laughs> so it's like, all right, solid colors, yeah. a lot of blacks, a lot of blues, a lot of just plain Jane or whatever. Yep. I That's wore a, flowers. I don't oh, know. Yeah, flowers. <laughs> yeah. We forgot to tell you. That's right. Work in progress, bro. <laughs> was his shirt, <laughs> That's right. was his shirt on fire there? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> spinning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You live. We didn't give you the memo. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because you like the sporty ones. Yeah. Listen, every multi-site time I, challenge. multi-site challenge, it's it's the real deal. And it and it doesn't stop either, by the way. I walk in every day and the first thing I hear is, hey, you know you can't wear that on yeah, stage. You can't wear that on stage. <laughs> I'm not on stage. Yeah, uh-huh. you should get right. these are the preacher shirts or <laughs> the, right. these are the only ones that we can do. Uh, but, bro. but some of that takes humility on all of our parts. Mm-hmm. It, it, it isn't just, I mean, we've had to learn a ton. One of the things uh, that is a challenge for me is um, I love being able to see uh, the congregation, mm-hmm. you know, now whether they're responding or not, I'm still called to be faithful. You guys both preach, you know, that same deal, but it can be a challenge wondering how's this going in Manistee. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'll, and you know this, like I'll send you a text. Um, I love it when I'll get a text sometimes from Seth between the services that it's just, a, not that I need this, but it's like, you're really connecting this morning, more of the same in the second ser- service, because then I'm getting feedback yeah. because I love all of our congregation. And that is, or that includes Manistee. That's going to include Cadillac. And so just knowing eyes on the ground, 
how is this playing? Is it is it, is it coming through? You know, mm-hmm. and there have been times you're like, say, ah, oh, they're not super engaged, you know, and it's like, okay, these are the challenges because they can see what's going on here, um, but for those people that have never done multi-site, one of the crazy things I've heard from you is how a congregation will interact with the speaker even though I can't hear them or see them. Yeah. They'll, I mean, you've said they'll, they'll, they'll say amen, they'll laugh. They'll cackle, they'll, oh, they'll lean in. They, they do do they the raise things. their hands when I go, hey, by show of hands? Few, yeah. 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 Hmm. Manistee is a different breed. So well, like, so is Buckley. You know, hmm. I'll say how many of you are Christians and two hands will go up. I'll be like, oh, everybody's <laughs> yeah. going to hell today. All right, we're going to change the message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fine. And then they raise it. You know, but that's a challenge yeah. is, is how do we, how do we participate? And when I'm sitting there and watching someone else do that, I, I, I find myself, if I'm focused on the screen, then I don't interact. But when I'm focused on the message and what God's saying through what I can hear, what I can see, then I find myself going, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. it's, it's a thing. Yeah. But I, the thing I've loved about, you know, you asking us even to do this last week, I know we're winding down. Um, is, uh, is it wrong to be a single site church? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Is it wrong to be a multi-site church? Absolutely not. Show me the perfect church. I can't find it. Good yeah. luck. Amen. And, bro. So, mm-hmm. and so like, I think, uh, there, are there some blessings of multi-site? Yep. Mm-hmm. Are there some challenges? Yep. Uh, the same goes on the other side of the fence, but just, when we can, when we will, not when we can, when we will own where we're at, mm. um, it's a pretty fun process. Yeah. Uh, the same as it can be being a, a single, a single campus church it can be a lot of fun. Yeah. But are you going to plug yeah. in and be faithful there? That'd be a big building. Yep. In the same breath, uh, and I'll be quick. I know we no, got to wrap things no, you're up fine. here. But, you're but fine. at the end of the day, uh, what are you doing to stay true to the mission and the vision, right? It, love God, love people, make disciples. That's what we're about at the tab, right? I mean, that's it. Love God, love people, make disciples. Is that happening? Done. I don't care about the screen. I don't care about A, B, or C, or whatever it is. If you are doing the work of discipleship and people are coming to know Jesus, hats off to you, church, whoever yeah. you are, that's wherever right. you yep. are. 100%. Um, well said. Yep. Yeah. What, what are... You guys got anything else, or that's like what are you most fired up about right now for Cadillac for Manistee? We are uh, launching in the very near future, which, bro, I you're gonna say the date now? Uh, nah, okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> yeah. You are gonna get a date about a launch in the very near future. It's coming. All right, uh, yeah. probably somewhere in the next. 30 days we're gonna see a launch happen um probably in february would you go ahead and stay tuned because there's news coming very very soon but you know watch your calendar for the next 30 days because it's coming yeah yeah Yeah, i think uh for our campus um man uh we had an explosive year last year um going through some change uh Mm -hmm. right now us as church-wide with a new hire and adam ray uh, and, and then looking for spots over at our campus to fill, um, and to watch our people, um, grieve those relationships and be excited for what God's going to do next. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to watch the team fill out again because the team 
the team's a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team's what makes uh, they're a big part of my tribe. Yeah. Uh, and so. I love to hear you just called them your tribe mm-hmm. because there's a tribe within a tribe. Mm-hmm. And Manistee, I always love going there. They got some of the best food, man. <laughs> it's just like I've been to your potluck. Hey, our potlucks are great too. But it's just a bigger variety in yeah. a bigger city. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Cadillac. Hey, you yeah, know? that's right. But, uh, um, but feeling a part, like like my desire, and and this is 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 to make sure that our staff is unified because you we've talked about leadership a lot, and I appreciate both of your leadership, um, and and making our making our staff feel like a connected tribe. But then also giving people permission to feel like, hey, I've got my campus tribe too. Yeah. And one's not better than the other, and they're not against one another. They're for the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's this – not even the tabernacle. It's this bigger kingdom thing that you challenged us with, uh, uh, Isaac, at the last fight night, which is to go and make disciples. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do in all of these locations. And yeah. if we can get the chairman of our board to calm down, just calm down for a minute – can we just get We used- do love yeah. the excitement. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he wants to start the fourth now. And it's like, well, I, and he's right. We got to get out ahead of the game if that's what we're called yep. to do. We're yeah. still praying through that, talking through that. But um, we're uh, about to be one church in three. And we know, church, going from two to three, it's going to be a big jump for our staff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's In some ways, it's going to get easier. has to. Um, now the, the, the speed of communication is just like, look, it's been decided we got to go, but at the same time, it's going to be more difficult mm-hmm. in some other, so there's pros and cons. And so we love change, uh, because, you know, I think I put this in the email is change can be good. It can be fearful mm-hmm. or frightening, but we serve an unchanging God. He doesn't change. He changes everything and everyone around him all the time. And so our like we're flexing with change too. So it isn't just you know the the. I mean I got to flex. You know they're everything's going to change. And I'm grateful for a creative God that does that. But I'm mm-hmm. thankful that there's some things that don't change. His word, His love, His character, His nature, His provision, His strength, and we give Him the glory uh, for you know what's going on here. So mm-hmm. that was just a taste of some of the challenges. We probably. We didn't talk about challenges with the staff, challenges with meetings. Light bulbs are already yeah, going just, off yeah. now. <laughs> we might need we a part two. stop because yeah, we can, yeah. we can but, keep yeah. going. <laughs> but thanks so much. Thanks for coming from Cadillac. Yeah, thanks bro. for coming from Manistee today Just because to, that's the only reason you came over here today. I mean, despite, I mean to, see, to see your face. Oh, John. yeah, whatever. Here, 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 buddy. Here. The same room. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Cut no, the camera. Yeah, cut the camera. <laughs> Benji, thanks for putting up with us, man. Just three preachers talking. Can you imagine if we'd had Martin here? Oh, boy. Oh, Not gosh. enough words. We Not would have words. needed <laughs> two more hours. <laughs> yeah. Two more out- hours. So what are you drinking? Uh, got That's the, the Celsius. No Celsius free shout outs. Oasis vibe today. I tried that last week. It's good. I haven't found one I don't like yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Celsius, big... if you're listening, we need we need to stock up. We need to stock up. You didn't have a drink I, today. Dude, I'm winging it today. Yeah. I did have, so I stopped at my buddy Jim's house on the way up here. Yeah. And he's got this awesome espresso machine. Oh dang! So he hit me with the uh, the cappuccino on the way up. Um, nice. I'm any more caffeine, and we got to keep rolling. So nice. nothing during the podcast. So yeah, today cool. I was uh, doing the black rifle thing. My daughter oh, got me nice that for Christmas. Mug. Oh, she was like, "Dad, 
I know you have enough mugs, but this, I was like, new one favorite more. mug. One more. Come on, man. So, yeah, that's fueling me right now. So, like no it. free shout outs to Black Rifle Coffee. Um, but, you know, we could, do they do the cups? The little K cup things? Yeah. I need some Black Rifle Coffee or Die K cup things. Yeah. So I don't have to brew it, you know? Because mm. it's not cheap. They're good on a lot of levels. That's yeah. my backcountry coffee right there, too. Your Black Rifle. Yeah. They're all yeah. over the place. Yep. Got some Christian guys there, so. All right. Well, that's enough for today. Thanks again for being here, yeah, Benjamin. Bro. Thank you. Uh, until next time, podcast family, this is Isaac, Seth, Benjamin, and myself signing off. Mm-hmm.